shaking up lines. I don't see it as the cure-all that a lot of people do, not least of whom is a lot of NHL head coaches. But good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins are in Vancouver, British Columbia to take on the Canucks tomorrow night at Rogers Arena. But today they'll practice in the same venue and they'll show in all likelihood, at least I think, something that looks a little different than what we've been watching. At least they should. It's been a pretty rough ride for this offense, even when the Penguins were winning games through that three-game Canadian swing a couple of weeks ago that I covered up there, Montreal, Toronto, and Winnipeg. They weren't really scoring. I mean, they scored They scored against the Habs. The Habs had a bunch of backup goalies. They're not finishing at all. They've got the worst finishing rate in hockey, even though they've had some of the most chances in hockey, including high-danger chances. Why? Well, the easiest answer to that is is luck, and it's a real answer. You hear players and coaches talking about luck, or sometimes the puck just needs to go in. They're not pulling that out of nowhere. Things can happen when you put the puck on net. And even though the Penguins have been doing that at a pretty decent rate, they're not getting any of these bounces. So that will take care of itself. But will that be enough? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because the other thing that you're not seeing, and this is the part that's more of a controllable variable, is any sort of excessive traffic, redirections, tips, rebounds. Remember rebounds? You're not seeing that from this group at all. Uh, They're buzzing through the attacking zone and around the attacking zone would probably be the better way to put it. The first line is doing a ton of this, where Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and maybe especially Evan Rodriguez are just, you know, in circles. And it looks good, and it runs up all your advanced analytics and everything, but the shots that you take aren't dangerous because all three of you are kind of in the same mode, and there's nobody knifing through. These were the times that Mike Sullivan would turn to Patrick Hornquist. I'm not going to get into regretting the trade or evaluating the trade or whatever here. I just want to share this part with you. Anytime Sid's line, no matter who was on it, would develop this specific issue, and Sullivan once told me about this in almost exactly these terms, he would put Hornquist on there just to stick a knife in the process, to have one guy that just goes right through, through the box, right to the net. And one guy that you were guaranteed was going to take the shot if it was there. 
That line doesn't have that right now. The only one who's scoring is Jake, and Jake's getting Jake's scoring some pretty goals, you know, but pretty goals are a hard thing to count on, even if you're that talented. The line that's really hurting them, though, is the second one. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Now, Evgeny Malkin is on this trip with the team. There's no one who's expecting that he'll play, that he'd make his return. But the hockey culture loves to have the uh, injured and recovering players hit that phase where they're back with the team, back with their buddies and enjoying life again and bumping a little bit. He's not even taking contact yet. So that, that's not going to happen on his trip. But he's there. And Sullivan has spoken on the trip about being impressed with the strength that he's shown in his skating and sees that as an encouraging sign. Again, another indicator that he's going to be back soon. When he is back, what do you do with, oh, I'm not even going to limit this discussion to lines two, three, and four. What do you do with all four of them? And when do you do it? To my mind, with this practice today in Vancouver, I'm blowing up that second line. Uh, I've seen plenty enough of Jeff Carter between Jason Zucker and Kasperi Kapanen. Um, There's so little to like about what the two wingers in particular have contributed really to the offense all season long that they're even dragging down Carter, who I think has been pretty good. Zucker had set his mind, as he told us back in training camp, on becoming more of a shooter, about getting back to scoring goals the way he did in his best periods in Minnesota. And that's done nothing. He can't score to save his life. And he's taken some decent shots. Just can't score. Can't score. Maybe he's snake bitten. Maybe he needs some of that luck that I talked about, but he's not scoring. Kapanen can't stay on his feet. Kapanen is getting knocked over as if he were Connor Sherry, even though he's like twice Connor Sherry's size and an even better skater. He keeps putting himself into these positions where he gains the zone, tries to stop on a dime. You can picture this now, right? And then ends up just splattering somewhere. Well, just go go right through. Go right through the, the slot. Do that Hornquist knife thing. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. And Carter, who has the most straight-ahead style of anyone on the Penguins roster at any position, doesn't fit with these guys at all. Doesn't fit with them in the slightest. They don't even really try to set him up for shots, which is the one thing that you'd want most out of having Carter in the middle of the rink. There isn't a whole lot of that. They, they achieve nothing... Their advanced analytics are less than nothing. 
And there's no reason for them to be kept together for the game tomorrow night in Vancouver or the one that's coming up Monday in Seattle. Try something different. And this is the part where you ask, what? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Because after that, you've got Teddy Bluger and Zach Aston Reese and Brock McGinn, and you're not breaking them up. And, you know, have we all forgotten that Drew O'Connor exists? You know, he's on the trip, too. He's on the trip. How about maybe presuming that O'Connor has learned his lesson after his terrific start this season when he looked like uh, like a time capsule version of Kevin Stevens from the late 80s to doing all kinds of dipsy-doodling and everything else that got him sent to Wilkes-Barre. Why not give him another shot? Fresh set of legs, long trip, you know, tell Zucker to take a seat or move Zucker to the fourth line. You got to try something. You got to try something that looks a little bit different. You got to try something that'll mix things up. You want another crazy one here? I mean, I, you know, there's no harm in winging it when your team can't score at all. And that's to try Sam Lafferty with Carter and with Drew O'Connor. And then you have three guys that are bigger, uh, stronger, going straight ahead. You give your team a little bit of a different look, a bit of a different feel. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, these are the ways you have to be thinking about this sort of thing if you're Sullivan. You have to be open, but you also have to be thinking more and more about what it is that you're missing. And to my mind, what this team is missing offensively is more of that straight-line component. Anything that you can do to manufacture that, even if it's like phony like putting a Lafferty into the lineup or into an important spot in the lineup might help your overall team to snap out of it. Oh, and another thing, get some power play opportunities, right? When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Eric, who asks, Hey, DK, do you think we'll ever see some goals from the defenseman? <laughs> I like that. Um, reflexive answer? Sure, yeah, naturally. There's a bunch of guys on that blue line who are capable of scoring. Immediate, short-term, reactive answer? No. No. Because what you need in the National Hockey League, in the modern NHL, to get goals from your defensemen are, are bodies and tips and rebounds and screens. This team's not doing any of that. They're just not. Think about the majority of 
goals that you see from the higher scoring defensemen in the league? Just to throw out a name here, like John Carlson from the Capitals. Actually, we'll go for a player on the Canucks, since that's the next opponent, and Quinn Hughes. If you look at the goals that he scores, yes, some of them are on the rush. He's got a lot of, obviously, phenomenal skating ability. And he'll he'll create stuff on odd man breaks. But for the most part, you're talking about he, he grips it and rips it, and the Canucks have people in front. Not that there's some golden example, but he gets a lot of points. And that's how he gets them. That's what's missing here. I've seen in the last, oh, four or five games, maybe a little bit more, Chris Letang takes some of the better shots I've seen from him in, in some time. They weren't goals, so you're probably not going to remember them, but he would do a, uh, a, a superb job of creating his own lane by drifting in one direction or the other or pulling the puck back, a little bit of a, a, a toe-drag effect to make sure that he can get it through, and then he'd rip it. Problem was, goalie would see it, and it's from far enough out that the goalie's going to be able to react to it, you know, what, 99 times out of 100? Got to have people there. Got to have people there. John Marino needs to hit the net more. Mike Matheson needs to hit the net once in a blue moon. As long as we're going to, you know, go through a list here. Marcus Pedersen is capable of scoring. He also has missed the net an awful lot. But when you're talking about defense scoring, um, unless you're talking about somebody that's truly exceptional, that generates offense, and the Penguins don't really have that with all due respect to Latang. He's, he's never been the guy that sparks the offense, that leads it. He's part of it, uh, at times a vital part of it, but he's not, you know, the guy that you say, oh, yeah, this could be the leading scorer on your team. They don't have that. So they need this other component to come through. And, yeah, you know, they kind of need it now. I don't want to overstate the importance of this Vancouver game, but this is, even with the expansion team up next, this is probably the worst, most down opponent you're going to face on this trip. You've already lost the first two games. Yeah, I know there was a point in Calgary. But you've already lost the first two games. You don't want to be going into Seattle, running the risk of getting, uh, you know, 0 for Ford on the trip and flying all the way home from the Pacific Northwest uh, with the memory of losing to an expansion team on top of everything else. You need to take care of business against the Canucks. That's going to require a little less steadiness from Sullivan than what we've seen for a while now where he's really left the lines and pairings alone. I'm telling you, I will be surprised if he doesn't change them. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one 